Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? Aaron Coscarelli. How dare you? She's a nice lady! And Scott Seidenberg. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. And welcome into another episode of The Sharp Edge, a Thanksgiving week edition of the podcast. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined by Aaron Coscarelli and, of course, the legend Brandon Lang, reminding you to subscribe, rate, and review The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. It is Thanksgiving week, so we're going to dip our toes into the NFL first. We'll get into the college after that and then come back into the NFL for Sunday. But, Brandon, let's start with this incredible upset that we saw here on Tuesday night, which was Stephen F. Austin beating Duke, the number one team in men's college basketball in the nation. Let me tell you something right now. We did the podcast last week, and and I spent the better part of the beginning ripping Phillip Rivers. And um, on Tuesday, I had Vermont plus the point of a Virginia winner. I'll get to my Wednesday best bet winner Thursday, the Colts plus the points over the Texans winner Friday, Bowling Green plus the points beat Western Kentucky outright college basketball winner Saturday Tulane plus the points over UCF backdoor touchdown on fourth and fourth and four from the eight yard line with 30 seconds to go winner uh, Sunday, the Seattle Seahawks winner. So perfect six and oh for the week looking for a perfect seven and oh Monday night Our uh, our hottie over there was on the right side of the Niners and uh, was on the right side uh, of the Ravens and Rams. I was not. Congrats. Kudos to you. But uh, last Wednesday, I handicapped the game, looking for, at that time, winning day number two in a row and trying just to keep the momentum off of Phillip Rivers. And I handicapped a team that nobody really paid attention to, which was Stephen F. Austin plus the 12-and-a-half to get it done um, over a Rutgers team. Uh, they cut it to six, and uh, next thing you know, uh, they had to foul with two minutes to go, and they ended up uh, ended up losing by 12 and covering the number. Um, for me, last night, looked at the game, validated for the fact that I knew about Stephen M. Austin, used him as a best bet. And the problem was there were some people who emailed customer service at brandonlang.com that said, you know, we had a hard time getting that game in. So when I looked at the board yesterday, um, there was another game I loved, which was George Mason plus two over Nebraska. They won outright by 19 in a blowout. Obviously a solid pick. Obviously the clients are happy. But I'm going to tell you something. When I sat down to watch that game, and I watched it from beginning to end, I wanted to throw my remote through the TV <laughs> on multiple occasions. Because as a handicapper, for people to say – did anybody see this happening quickly? Clemson, Alabama, and one thing I pride myself at, at the website is when you read my analysis of games and the way I break down games, you're never going to go away and say that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Case in point, last year, Clemson, Alabama, my analysis of the game, at the end of the game, I said I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson won this game by double digits over Alabama. So when all the announcers are saying when Clemson's blowing them out, could anybody see this? Well, yeah, I saw it and I wrote about it. 
So now looking at Stephen F. Austin, everybody today, call, you know, get up, everybody. Wow, nobody saw this coming. What do you mean nobody saw it coming? I did. I had him Wednesday. I should have had him last night. So going forward, the rant is this. I don't care who the game is. I don't care who the teams are. If I have those obscure teams that you can't, somebody's got it. Somebody somewhere will have a line on it if the line is posted online. It's your job to find it. I'm not going to pass up another 28, 29-point dog that potentially wins the game outright. I, I should have had it. And, you know, listen, like I said, George Mason plus two, wire-to-wire, wins by 19. Great pick. But let me tell you something. Stephen S. Austin last night plus 29 would have been an ungodly <laughs> pick. Oh, it hurts. It just hurts. Because I had him last Wednesday, which validates and documents the story. I can't come on here and go, yeah, I liked him. Bull, Lang. You don't even know who they are. Oh, really? I had him over Rutgers a week ago. You got it? So, oh, that was a stinger. But the good news is 7-1 and one my last eight. Absolutely on fire. Uh, couldn't be hotter right now. And uh, I love, not like, I love what I'm seeing this week across the board. Let's get after it. All right, I'm tucking my napkin in. Aaron, you got your fork and knife ready. Let's feast here on Thanksgiving. We'll start with the NFL slate. Three games, a triple header, Bears-Lions. You got Bills-Cowboys, and the nightcap is Saints-Falcons. And I think that the three-team money line parlay is the most popular pick in the world here on Thanksgiving. Bears, Cowboys, and Saints, because I don't see any of those teams losing, but Against the spread might be a different story. We'll start with the first game, Bears-Lions. I don't know who's going to be quarterback for for Detroit. Is it going to be David Blau? Is Driscoll going to be healthy enough? That line has moved all the way to Bears minus four. Even with the problems that Chicago has had, they should be able, right, Aaron, to go into Detroit and cover a four-point line against this Lions team, right? Well, it's so funny because you say who's the quarterback for the Lions. I wonder if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be replaced by Chase Daniel if he continues to perform the way he's performing. But absolutely, regardless of who the quarterback is, they still have the run game. And look, the Lions defense isn't scaring anybody. Sorry, Matt Patricia, but I would say absolutely. The Bears are definitely going to score more than four points against this Lions defense that hasn't been able to really put anybody in check, um, even in Detroit. So yes, I say the Bears will cover. It's such a low total too, Brandon, 37. Yeah, listen, we don't serve food here at the Lang household till 4 o'clock. Um, there's some chips and dips and stuff to nibble on. Um, I don't, you know, I'm in here in Vegas, so it's 9.30 in the morning when that first game starts. Um, I may just go do hot yoga and get my Bikram <laughs> hot yoga out of the way early and not even worry about this game. That's how much interest. I don't think there's any value on either side. Um but I definitely agree with Aaron from the standpoint the Bears are clearly the right side of the game. You know, you're a Bears defense, and, 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 and you're supposed to announce your presence with authority. And, and Cleo Mack and the crew going on the road here at Detroit <clears throat> failed to cover last two turkey days. Um, this Detroit team, one and six, their last seven against the number. Uh, most certainly it's a situation where you would think this is, a, this is a Matt Nagy coach team that needs a big win. They have to win this game. 
I think the line move doesn't matter. I just think that Detroit's in trouble with either quarterback against the Bears. I believe Chicago's the right side of the game. Well, you mentioned uh, the the must-win factor. The Cowboys are basically in a must-win situation here because of everything that's been going on behind the scenes. Jerry Jones with his press conferences talking about how disappointed he is in the coaching staff and disappointed he is in, in the team. The Cowboys, are, they have covered the past two Thanksgiving Day games. This is a tough Bills team. Aaron, you were on the Bills last week, and you were right on the money with them covering that line against the Broncos. It wasn't even in question. This one, I think, is a little tricky because I do like the Bills to keep it close, but I just think the Cowboys, in the motivation factor, the fact that this is the get-right spot where they absolutely need a win, that has me leaning more towards the boys and laying the six-and-a-half points. Yeah, and plus, too, they're in their comfy combines of being in Jerry's world. Um, but here's an interesting stat that I think you guys should um, take a listen to because the Cowboys have been great all season except for the, when they play a team with a winning record. They have lost all four games versus teams that have a winning record. And you have to obviously throw away, I think, last week's game because the Patriot, it was at Foxborough, it was raining, the weather was crap. Um, but for some reason, I still think this Bills defense coming into Dallas, it's not a throwaway game. I don't believe the Cowboys actually have the ability to cover against this Bills defense because I think that the Bills defense are going to suffocate Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to force Prescott to throw. Um, And, you know, Amari Cooper has been pretty quiet as of late. So I say this Bills defense comes into Dallas and pulls off the upset. Ooh, picking her out or picking them out right. Is that smart, Brandon? I'll go one step further because she stole she 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 stole my thunder, which is fine. When you're as hot as she is, I'll allow her to steal my thunder. <laughs> uh, and the fact she's running around radio with, with, with jeans and jeans tucked into the boots, so she can she can steal my thunder as much as she wants. Um she is right on the money. The fact that Buffalo is gonna come in here and win the game outright, I, I agree hundred percent. I'll go one step further and make the bold statement that Friday morning when you wake up, Jason Garrett will have been fired. Um, I, well, I I'll tell you, I, I, I think well, – I don't know if they'll do it in season, but you lose this game, he's gone. Yeah. You can't lose know. this game. He, he, listen, he, at, listen, I've been doing this over 30 years, and basically Jerry Jones has had enough. And with what he said after the New England game, he loses this game – in front of a national TV audience mm. on Thanksgiving Day when mm-hmm. you're one of three games and you can't beat Buffalo and you haven't been a, beat a winning team in two years, and he will, he, he will fire him. He will make a statement. He will let him go immediately. He'll let him go on Friday or he'll let him go on Saturday. It will be done in the next four days. He will never coach another game for the Dallas Cowboys. This is just me talking here. Mm-hmm. He'll never coach another game for the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, this guy fired Tom Landry with no class whatsoever. No one's ever, ever, ever going to have in class. Jerry Jones does whatever Jerry Jones wants to do, and he does, has no regard for anybody else. They lose this game to this team after New England. Jason Garrett is gone. I believe Dallas does lose this game. Buffalo is the better team right now. Operative word in that sentence being team. And more importantly, what I've seen the last couple of weeks from Buffalo, 37 points offensively against Miami. Uh, 20 against a good Denver defense that for all intents and purposes probably should have beat Minnesota the week before. Um, I like this Buffalo team in this situation. 
What about the nightcap now? It is the Saints and the Falcons. A couple of weeks ago, the Falcons held the Saints without a touchdown. I highly doubt that's going to happen again. I'm on the Saints in this one. I think they righted the ship. The Falcons, who I, I and it's my fault, Brandon, and, and it's my fault because I picked them last week because I was fooled by the way that they looked the past two weeks before that. I thought that they were playing for Dan Quinn's job. They they rallied defensively. They were solid. And last week, they completely reverted back to the trash team that they are this year. And that was my fault for picking them against the Bucks last week. I'm not going to make that mistake again. I don't care that it's in Atlanta. I think the Saints are going to blow out the Falcons, look for revenge from a couple of weeks ago. Bro, you just you're just late to the dance. You wanted to ask the hot girl to the dance. You waited too long. The captain of the football team snagged in front of you, and then you had to go with kind of the the the, the friend of the hot girl that's not as hot, but she has her along because it makes her look hotter. That's all you did there with Atlanta last week. So you got to know when to be on time to the dance. See, I've been absolutely on fire in the NFL on Sundays. Won seven of the last nine Sundays. Two weeks ago, my best bet on the entire board. Atlanta goes into Carolina plus four, wins the game 29-3. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I look like a genius. I look like a god. So how how impressive is that win now? Well, the Carolina team I went against that struggled to score three points at home against the Atlanta Falcons and lost 29-3, went into New Orleans and pretty much should have won the game outright. And the Atlanta team that I jumped on that went 29-3, buried you in the entire world when I let Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay go up and down the field against them. So for me – I've made my money involving these two teams. I'm going to sit back because i got other teams now that I can go to that are making me some money. So, bro, I may go do hot yoga a second time. I may watch Mississippi <laughs> State. Bro, I may even go to It's a Wonderful Life, which we watch every year on, on Thanksgiving night. So I won't even watch this game. I'll be watching It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart and the Angel getting their wings, baby. Good luck with Atlanta. I know you'll be watching, Aaron, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually kind of somewhat a Saints fan, believe it or not. Um, But this is not a homer pick. I think we saw a Falcons defense that might have been a flash in the pan. I think um, Saints are going to come in and do some work. If you can allow Jameis Winston to turn the ball over, what, three times and still come out with a W, Drew Brees, who has very few turnover issues, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas on the edge are going to burn this Falcons secondary and the Saints are going to come at least least away with two touchdowns oh there we go i think that that i think you're right because i'm on that as well all right we'll get back to the nfl but i want to jump into college because this is my favorite week it's rivalry week around the nation i know there were some rivalry games last week but this is rivalry week and you got games on friday you got games on saturday it's just an incredible week of football and friday there's a really interesting slate brandon and i want to start with this virginia tech virginia game how disrespectful of the committee to rank virginia tech at number 24 this This is a team that's won six of their last seven games, and their only loss in that span was an Ian Book last-second touchdown run that Notre Dame escaped with a victory in South Bend against this team, or else we'd be talking about a Hokie team that is and 9-2 on the year with seven straight wins. This might be the quietest 8-3 in the country right now. It started out a little slow, but Justin Fuentes got this team playing a lot better. They the, Defensively, it's Bud Foster's swan song, and they're sending him out in style. I think Vatek goes into Charlottesville and handles business against Virginia. Yeah, rough start to the season. The loss of Boston College, which shocked everybody as a four-and-a-half-point road favorite, um, most certainly didn't really help them 
Old Dominion Monarchs laying 28 and a half, never came close, winning by 14. Then they played Powerhouse, the Furman Palladians laying 24, one by seven. And then Duke came into, uh, into Blacksburg and beat them by 35. Right there, left for dead, two and two straight up, 0-4 against the spread. This team is done. This team is nothing. This team has no shot. 14-point dog at Miami, wins outright. Lane 27.5 to Rhode Island, didn't cover. And then the last four weeks, as you said, North Carolina, right there. Lost 143-41. They should have beat North, should beat Notre Dame. Then they blew out Wake. It was a two and a half. How bad was this line? How bad was this line by Vegas? People ask me all the time, man, Vegas is so good. Yeah, sometimes Vegas is so bad. They made Virginia Tech a two and a half point home dog to Wake Forest. Yep. They won 36-17. They were laying six at Georgia Tech. They won 45 nothing. And they're laying three to half the pit. They won 28 nothing. I agree with you. I think this Virginia Tech team is firing on all cylinders right now. And the amazing thing about it for them, and congrats, the winner of this game goes to the ACC championship game. Yep. There's not a doubt in my mind. The line opened up three. It's went down to two and a half. A little, little, little sprinkle of Virginia money. But in my book, Virginia, is the, Virginia Tech is the right side of the game. And if Virginia figures out a way to win this game, so be it. But I think this Virginia Tech team has the ability to give Clemson a I'm with scare you. I'm with in, you. In, in, in the ACC championship game. I'm not a big road favorite guy. Never have been a road favorite guy. Scott, we've been doing this podcast now for, for a while, and you know I'm not a road favorite guy. But uh, no straight-up wins for the Cavs in this series since 2003. Let me say that again. No straight-up wins for Virginia in this series. Since 2003, Virginia Tech has covered the last three and 11 of the last 14. This is a gift to an half. Let's go Hokies. How about this matchup in the American? Number 18, Memphis. Number 19, Cincinnati. Memphis is laying 11 and a half at home. This is the interesting dynamic of this game. A Memphis win, and these two teams are playing again next week in the American Championship game. How about that? Yeah, but if Cincinnati wins, what does that do? Then it comes down to either Navy beating SMU or, or Navy winning their game. I think they play SMU. And then Memphis would be tied with Navy, but Memphis has the head-to-head win over Navy. So that's it would be a rematch if Navy were to lose. If Navy was to win their final game, then there's a chance that Navy – has to play the American championship game and then hope that they beat army after that before they can try and get to a new year's six bowl game. So that All is right. an interesting so, dynamic. So in my opinion, my opinion, cause I already know who I like Navy plays Houston. I'm sorry. Right. So, so here's my question. Cincinnati is already in the championship game. Correct. They're in already. And they know okay. that if they know that there's, yeah, they're in no matter what. Okay. They get blown out here. I agree. The tempo, the tempo game put them in the championship game. You as a coach can say everything you want to kids, but these kids are sitting in the locker room saying, listen, we're, we're not going to go out here and bust our butt. we got to play these guys again. No way. And if we play and them again, the thing, and Memphis, Memphis wants to send a message that not only are we going to beat you now, we're going to beat your ass again next week. Yeah. I already gave out Memphis minus the points on radio and some other markets. So I agree with you. Memphis minus the points. All right. Let's go to Saturday. Aaron, the biggest game of the week is the game. Ohio State and Michigan in Ann Arbor. The Wolverines eight and a half point home dogs right now. 
I know. And obviously, isn't this game just about how much we think Ohio State's going to win by? Like, there's no shot Michigan, even though the game is home for them, is going to be able to win. Ohio State is just dominant on both sides of the ball. They obviously control the clock, the time of possession. I just don't think, I don't know if Michigan has the firepower to stay um, within reason. However, Ohio State has failed to cover big spreads in each of the last two weeks. Now, they were pretty big spreads, so I didn't think that they were going to be able to cover on, what, 52 points um, against Rutgers or whatever it was a couple weeks ago, right? Um, I do think in this game, unfortunately, if Ohio State is able to stay turnover proof, which they had a couple turnovers last week, I do believe they can pull away by more than nine, even though the game is on the road in Ann Arbor. What do you guys think? I just think they're the better team, and and, and it's clear they're better in all phases of the game than Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, though, is winless against Ohio State, and if he loses this one, now what? That would be 0-5 for Harbaugh? How, how much longer is the Michigan faithful going to back Harbaugh? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what he does in the regular season, Brandon. You can't beat Ohio State. That's That, that kills people there. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. This is why they make movies about guys like me. <laughs> the Michigan Wolverines are going to beat Ohio State to what? Here, okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I, I, I've got to make sure I heard you. I got, now let me, I'm listening. Let me, now I got to let me adjust my volume. Okay. What did you? Okay. What did you just say? Michigan at home is going to beat Ohio State outright on Saturday. Wow. Here's why. Please, please explain. If you if you watch the Penn State game closely. You finally saw Justin Fields play like the freshman that he is. He's a redshirt freshman. So we have all year long put the cart in front of the horse of this kid and sung his praises. And he finally got in a tight game up 21 nothing against a Penn State team at home with every advantage on the planet, and he looked nervous. And his running back looked a bit nervous. And if you really break down in places you don't talk about at parties, who Ohio State has played this year, they really haven't played anyone. Think about it. Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, Indiana, Miami of Ohio, Nebraska, Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, who gave up 31 at Minnesota. Now, let me take you through Michigan for a minute. Off to a slow start for the season. Everybody left them for dead. They struggled the first, the second game of the year against Army. Everybody got off their bandwagon. Then they had the terrible game against Wisconsin. And then a funny thing happened. They went on a three-game winning streak, and then boom, down 21 nothing at Penn State and left for dead. They outplayed Penn State in the second half of that game, outscored him 21-7. If not for a drop touchdown pass, we're going to overtime. Who says they don't win that game? And then they absolutely destroyed, not just beat, but destroyed a pretty good Notre Dame team. And now they've won their last three games in such dominant fashion, 38-7, 44-10, and, and 39-14 at Indiana. They've covered five in a row. They've won four in a row. And now everybody's jocking Ohio State. I saw 
a leaky, leaky football team that hasn't played anybody all year long. I'm from Michigan. I know this rivalry. I know how it sets up. I am telling you, I just gave you Ohio State schedule for you to take a look at. They haven't played anybody. Michigan has. You better get you some of Michigan on the money line. And we're going to do this podcast next week, and you're going to say, oh, my God, I'm not singing praises to Jesus Christ, Elijah Muhammad, or the Easter Bunny. I'm singing praises to Brandon Lang. What a call with Michigan outright. I, I love it. I love it. Um, but there needs to be an asterisk because you're a Michigan fan. So, And also, too, you did say last week that the Niners didn't play a good, a, a decent quarterback. So I'm going to push back a little bit, even though B. Lang is one of the best in the business. I'm going to say I disagree with you. But it'll be interesting. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. I'm a week late. I'm a week late with the Niners. I'm a week late. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. this, okay, well, we'll have to chop it up. I'm curious to get because you. they're because they're going to lose by like forty on on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Uh, I want to stick in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, the Ohio State's going to go to the championship game, and everyone's going to wonder, well, can Minnesota beat them? Uh, it's not no guarantee that Minnesota is going to be the team that's going to be playing in that Big Ten championship game because Wisconsin can go into Minneapolis. They're actually laying three points on the road here and beat Minnesota to represent the West in the Big Ten title game, the weather's calling for cold, rain, snow, and I don't see any way that Minnesota's going to be able to stop Jonathan Taylor on the ground. I think the weather plays into Minnesota, into Wisconsin here, and I think the Badgers go into Minneapolis and win this game and go to the Big Ten title game. Okay. Ready for number two here, pal? I'm ready for number. Let's go. Are you, are you ready for number two? Go ahead. Minnesota was not the team this year that they were last year. Okay? They're not. They weren't. Wisconsin, for all intents and purposes, were not the team last year that they were this year. But Wisconsin had beaten Minnesota 14 in a row. With me? Mm-hmm. Minnesota went into Wisconsin last year and didn't just beat them. They pummeled them 37-15. They ran for 200 yards. Wisconsin ran for 170. They had time of possession 35 minutes to 24. They dominated them in every phase of the game. Now, you watch Penn State play Ohio State tough last week. They ran Penn State off the field. Yeah, you'll see a 31-20 eight final, 31-27 final. But at the end of the day, they were up, I think, 31-9 going in the fourth when Penn State kind of got it going and helped her skelter. Um, I get it. I get Wisconsin, but you're not beating Minnesota. You're not, you're not beating P.J. Fleck in this game. No, you're not. Minnesota's answered the bell the entire year, especially the second half of the season, and now they get a Wisconsin team that they got the big monkey off their back last year at Camp Randall. And now you get this team and your place. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think Wisconsin is as good as everybody thinks they are. It's why I came with 150 dimer on Ohio State over Wisconsin. And I think Minnesota wins this game and they're going to the Big Ten championship game. 
All right, let's go to the let's go to the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. Uh, this will be a huge test for Mac Jones going up against one of the best defenses in college football, Aaron. And and it's not the same offense with Tua, but we've seen Mac Jones score. But again, it was against some pretty bad football teams. This is a much different opponent for for this Alabama offense. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and first of all, the Tigers are at home. This is a game where their D-line has to be a factor, and they're going up against a quarterback making his first road start in a hostile area. Um, Auburn coming off a game where they forced four turnovers. They didn't commit one. They were able to move the ball pretty well. Um, Auburn is 8-2 and two against the spread in its last 10 games. Their defense has not allowed more than 24 points. And the Tigers have won five of the last eight games against Alabama when they play at Auburn. I say Auburn pulls off the upset and beats Alabama in this game. Brandon? You know, she must be doing the podcast in jeans and boots because she's, <laughs> she's got the same the same vibe as, as, as I do. You mean you um, must be doing the podcast in jeans and boots? I, I just uh, I, listen. I I don't like Bo Nix. He's buried me a couple times this year. His inaccuracy under pressure has been terrible. There's still a peanut vendor uh, that's in a coma that he hit in the third row uh, on a slant pattern uh, earlier this year. Uh, hopefully the guy comes out of it. He he couldn't even hit the receiver. Threw 20 yards behind him, and the guy was selling a bag of peanuts in the third row by the goal line. And and the guy's in a coma. That's how bad he was. He couldn't hit water from the top of the boat a few times this year. <clears throat> but I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Stat for you. Since 2018, going back to last year, Nick Saban has not covered back-to-back games. Wow. Think about that for a minute. Going back to last year, he's not covered back-to-back games. He's 6-8 and eight his last 14 overall. Uh, Aaron made some great points. Um, the Iron Bowl since 2013. Home team is five and one straight yep. up and against yep. the spread. Mm. You got to take the value of the dog here plus the three and a half. Just basically, Auburn's defense is is superior, but more importantly, I got to believe Gus will put Bo in in productive situations against this Bama defense that that was exposed by LSU, and I think Gus will be able to take advantage of of, of them here. Um, there were plays to be made for Auburn in the Florida game. That's the game I'm talking about where Bo Nix was just terrible. Um, and he had some he had some opportunities in the Georgia game where he just he just couldn't make enough plays. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that this is going to be a, a Auburn plus three and a half. Yeah, and think about this Auburn defense that held Florida to 23 points, that held LSU, or Florida to 24, LSU to 23. The same LSU team that went into Tuscaloosa and put a hurting on Alabama, Georgia, uh, Auburn held them to 23 points. Uh, I like Auburn's defense against Mac Jones in this one, and I think if you're going to play it, you have to take the home dog. Uh, One final game before we get into which ones we like in the NFL. Brandon, Oklahoma is 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. I'm supposed to be comfortable laying 13.5 on the road in Bedlam against Oklahoma State? Negative Ghost Rider, that pattern's full. I like Gundy. Um, I like the mullet continues to wear. Good for him. Um, I've been going against Oklahoma all year long. Um, One and six against the number their last seven this year. 
and Gundy on a 10 and two spread up tick uh, and nice cover last week as well. When a lot of people had the other side, I do Let's like Oklahoma Cowboys State plus the points. Yep. That's right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, in the NFL, we went through the Thanksgiving slate. Aaron, is there one game on Sunday that jumps off the board to you? Yeah, a little bit, actually. Uh, a somewhat unconventional as well, because I'm kind of liking this Brown-Steelers game. I know it's probably not going to be watched all that much, but um, the Browns are the favorite here in Pittsburgh, but there's, you know, the Steelers are starting, not that maybe um, Duck Hodges is a, any worse or better than Mason Rudolph, but I'm just liking what I'm seeing from this Browns team that I think they can figure out a way to pull off a W um, in Pittsburgh. It's a rivalry game, a, a division game, um, and the Steelers are starting a new quarterback, uh, making his first start there at home. So, I say the Browns definitely will cover on the road against, uh, you know, a quarterback that really hasn't proven himself. I'm going to go with the Packers against the Giants. Uh, the Packers are three and zero straight up in an end against the spread, coming off a loss this year. Uh, yes, this was a wake up call last week, but in those times after a loss, they've covered by almost ten points per game in that margin. The Giants are two and five against the spread since they beat the Redskins and they're minus 9.4 in that cover margin. The Giants are one in five straight up and against the spread at home this year. So there's no home field advantage. Packers laying six and a half. It's under the magic number of a touchdown. They will blow out the Giants at MetLife Stadium and the Packers are my favorite teaser team to tease them down to a pick them and, and combine with another team that you like. Uh, I think the Packers are going to destroy the Giants. Brandon? Well, let's let's go, homie. What, what's what's the second part of that teaser? Don't don't be leaving people hanging. Let's go. <laughs> Ravens, what, Ravens you, down. No, Ravens, Green no. Bay both down. You, you you want the second part of the teaser? I will give it to you. It's Come on, Spanky. The, what is it? It's the New York 34s, because that's the new name for the Jets, who have scored 34 points in three oh straight Listen. weeks. Ever since I, ever okay, since stop, Sam Darnold went into Adam Gaze's here. office and asked him to dumb down the playbook, this offense has been uh -huh. on fire. 34 okay. points in three straight games. This Jets team is on fire. I don't care that Andy Dalton's back for the Bengals. That's even better against this Jets defense. Jets are laying three on the road. That is easy. Oh, my God. The, the, bi the biggest mistake people make when they do teasers is they tease across zero. Don't do it. It's bad business. You with me? I'm with you. So I would not mess with taking the Jets across zero. I don't ever making do them that. plus three. You don't know. Yeah, nope. just just don't do that. You want just take Kansas City down and take your Green Bay down, and you're in fine shape. So I would think that. I think go. the yeah yeah the Chiefs. How about that Raiders? The Jets just spank on the Raiders last week. And well, maybe like they I said on the podcast, I said on the podcast, you don't struggle with with Cincinnati at home a winless team when you're trying to establish yourself as an elite team and, and show people you're for real, you beat the Bengals by three touchdowns and you take that momentum in on the road. And then you do what you're supposed to do. When you struggle against a winless team and then you travel East, it, it carries that energy carries. 
And that's what happened with Oakland. They never should have struggled. But what happened is Cincinnati exposed Oakland for being overrated. And they went totally. to the Jets and got their, got their butt handed to them. And, and totally. so here they are again. I, I do think they, they match up well with Kansas City. This, this, may, this may shock people how I say this. Oakland actually matches up better with Kansas City than they do the Jets. The Jets actually have a defense. Kansas City's got no defense. Oakland's going to be able to run the football against KC. The problem is they're not going to be able to stop KC. The play in that game is over the posted total. Over 51 and a half. In Kansas City, Oakland, because both teams are going to score. Oakland's going to score. The problem is they got the worst secondary in the NFL. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to put up 40. Final score of this game is going to be much like the Green Bay Oakland. That was 40, 40 something, 20 something. So, but I think. Do we have time, though, to talk 49ers-Ravens? Because I'd love to get Brandon's take on that. Go ahead, real quick. Go ahead. Brandon, go for it. Well, you look, you look at the Niners, and, and you, look at, you look at what the Ravens have done. And I just talked about this game on another level, that the one thing that people are missing about this run that the Ravens have gone on it's not what they're doing offensively. What, what they're doing, there's nothing the Niners are going to do in this building that's going to, that's going to stop Ravens. In the building on the sideline for the number one defense in the NFL, the New England Patriots with the best coach in the NFL and watched live in person when they put up 37 on the Patriots. And they, it would have been more if not for, if not for a turnover and a fumbled punt. Mm-hmm. It was ama- It was amazing watching that offense against a Bill Belichick coach defense on the sideline. They did whatever they wanted. What people don't realize is the problem for the Niners in this game is their offense against this Ravens defense. This mm-hmm. Ravens defense, since Jimmy Smith came back, 17, 16, 20, 13, 7, and 6. They dominated Russell Wilson. They dominated Tom Brady. They dominated Sean Watson. So now you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo and this Niners offense is just going to go in here and do what Tom Brady, what Russell Wilson, what Deshaun Watson couldn't do? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful referencing Tom Brady, though. Like, he's not Tom Brady, the Tom Brady that, you know, we've seen the last five, ten years. Tom Brady isn't really putting up the numbers. Now, look, he doesn't have the wideouts that he's had. Obviously, a lot of them have been injured. But, I mean, Russell Wilson can have an off game, and Deshaun Watson has struggled against the Colts. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to push back just a little bit, but – um, I trust me, I'm not a 49ers faithful, but, um, I think it'll be an interesting game. And I think Jimmy G is, is getting hot just at the right time. <laughs> I'm just going to say this, that they neutralized Aaron Donald. Uh, he didn't even show up. Somebody else played in his spot. He's still at Roscoe's having chicken and waffles. He's still there right now. <laughs> he was a complete no show. Uh, I'm all in on the Ravens. You're all in on the Niners. Uh, we'll bet a dinner on it. Um, <laughs> any restaurant in Miami. Um, that's how confident I am. I'm going to cover. In fact, I'm so confident. I'll give you six and a half when you're only supposed to get six. So there you go. Ooh, there you go. There's the gift. All right. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football. And we'll catch up with you next week. Got it. Have a good week, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, you guys. Thank you. For Brandon Lang and Aaron Coscarelli, I'm Scott Seidenberg wishing you a happy, a healthy, and most importantly, a safe 
Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy this episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, our bets or our takes, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Just type in The Sharp Edge or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. We'll come back at you next week, recap how we did here at Thanksgiving week, and hopefully hand out some more winners to you as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air and S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Until next week, good luck and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.